Chapter 1 The Dream Jay Smoke woke up late afternoon. He usually woke up by noon to make his deliveries, but he had smoked so much weed the night before he wound up sleeping in. He wasn't one for setting alarm clocks. Hell, he didn't even have one. He stopped doing that way back in his late 30s. As he sat up in bed, he reached for his pipe and his lighter. Lighting up, he slowly began his daily routine. After escaping to the world that he usually spent most of his time in, he finally decided to get dressed. He was so incredibly high, he couldn't find his good blue jeans, so he just grabbed the old pair of Levi's with worn holes instead. He had totally forgotten the pockets had holes in them too. He grabbed his wallet, his keys, and his tiny plastic sandwich bag of pot, remembered to lock up and headed out his door. Jay wasn't much for hygiene. His face was covered in scruff, his fingernails had not been trimmed in months, and he rarely showered, not even if he thought he had a chance of getting laid. His breath was usually so harsh it was an absolute risk just standing next to him. It could make anyone in his presence begin to vomit or at least throw up in their mouth a little. It was a good thing for the general public that he was only making one private delivery. He hopped onto his bicycle and headed towards the Game Over OK Funeral Parlor. Although Jay Smoke's biological father was the most wealthy man in all of P-Town, Jay lived on the poor side of the river. His father had abandoned him when he was 14, and his mother passed away when he was just a child. A lot of people in town call him the orphan, but most everybody, out of respect, called him by his drug dealing name, Jay Smoke. Jay had been pedaling fast and was about to reach the middle of town where the bridge on the Deep Red River separated him from his birth father. It was also the bridge that joined the poor to the wealthy side of P-Town. Its detractors said it needed to be shut down. They were all Donald Trump supporters that wanted a wall built. The bridge supporters were the people on the minority side that thought the bridge was actually useful seeing that the store, the doctor, and all of normal life necessities were on the other side of the river. Jay was rolling on passing all of his usual stops, the P-Town convenience store, where Dong, the Wing of Pai Wong, worked. Jay would often spend time doing business on the side of Dong's store. He liked using the store because Dong had an old Defender cabinet, and he let Jay play anytime he wanted for free. 
Besides, Dong and Ho Doing Pai Wong's store was usually always busy, and that meant more customers for Jay. Dong actually thought that Jay was attracting customers. Yeah, maybe not the right customers, but they were customers nonetheless. Dong was an honest businessman, and he didn't enjoy engaging with the lowlifes that populated town. He just didn't have much of a choice. Now Jay was passing up the convenience store, coming up on the downside of the hill as he was speeding towards the Piggly Wiggly grocery store. Mr. Butts was the manager on duty, and he hated Jay Smoke, so Jay usually always pedaled a lot faster when going over that hill. Just to quickly break hard to enjoy what was just ahead. At the end of the street, just before the edge of town, where the P-Town roller rink was located, Jay always slowed down to get a whiff of filthy pizza. The best damn pizza around. Especially when Jay Smoke had the munchies. Filthy, the owner, had quite the personality. Always preaching about politics and how the segregation and perversion in P-Town better end someday, or the Indian spirits from the town's past would offer a bit of desegregation themselves. Everybody liked Filthy. He knew more about poor in town than he should. He didn't trust the church, the sheriff, or anyone in the Nugget family. If you had questions, Filthy was your man. It was too bad, Jay thought, that he didn't have time to stop by right now. Go say hi to Filthy. Maybe for lunch, he thought to himself. Just as Jay was pedaling past the pizza joint, he heard a shrewd voice call out. Little Nat Fillmore, the town butcher, was directly behind him. Little Nat yelled out for Jay to stop. Jay rode harder and faster, jumping the curb and skidding out in the dirt right in front of the Game Over OK funeral parlor. Jay Smoke quickly hopped off his bike. Little Nat ran to him and threw a punch. Nat is a midget, so when he punched, he had to actually jump up a good two feet just to reach Jay's face. He nailed him square on the jaw. Nat used to be an extra for certain Hollywood films, but later landed a role in a boxing film in which he played the underdog that actually took out a man the size of Andre the Giant. Little Nat had little man syndrome in a big way. He also had quite the reputation in P-Town. Jay Smoke was unfortunate to have messed with him. Jay knew the local butcher was a vegetarian, but he packed a hell of a meaty punch, for sure. Jay's jaw felt like it had been hit with a brick. I hit you again, you ain't getting up. You been taking product from me, Jay? You think I'm an idiot? I ain't took shit, exclaimed Jay. Hey, it's about time you got here, a voice shouted from inside the hearse that was parked out front at the funeral parlor. It was Willie B. Nugget. An extreme sight to see. You could say he was a unique individual. His hairstyle was straight out of the 80s. He had a mullet, only Billy Ray Cyrus or Willie B.'s very own Mama Nugget would love. 
He wasn't wearing a shirt either. His belly was hanging over his short shorts, which were connected to Confederate flag suspenders. It's an odd choice, but at least they covered half of his hairy areolas. Willie B. wasn't as incredibly racist as his father, but he most definitely had his fair share of prejudice. His family history was soaked in it. However, Willie B. was actually proud of many different aspects in his family history, not just their Confederate past. The Nugget family were poor in town. Sometimes, part of him just wished some things were different. Dirty! I'm sorry, brother. I had an emergency come up. Bullshit, Jay. Why is this peckerwood throwing punches at you? Come on, little gnat. I ain't got time for this shit. I've been waiting on that fucking bag of weed all day. Don't make me kick your midget ass, gnat. You see, Dirty was the type of person that couldn't go to work on a corpse without smoking some weed. And he knew Nat wouldn't mess with his crazy ass. Willie B. had been working as a mortician for most of his adult life. And one thing for certain, he always burned one before doing his job. And this fist fight was slowing down the process of him getting high. Nugget had a few helpers in the parlor, but they were off work already. Willie B. Nugget was dedicated. He spent twice as much time with each body than the other employees altogether. In all the hundreds of bodies that Willie B. had prepared, there would be only one that he would work on without the aid of his pipe. And that one would be his mama, Sophia Nugget. He would be stone cold sober when he did her. All right, give me my shit. You guys take your argument to the butcher shop. I got work to do. I'll see you this weekend, Jay. Hey, we still going skating? Hell no, Jay said. We're going to the Garth Brooks concert. The hell we are, said Dirty. He absolutely hated country music. It reminded him of how fucked up his hometown really was. In Willie B's warped brain, he thought only meth-head white boy hillbillies listened to country music and only black gangsters listened to rap. That's just the way it was with Nugget. He was extreme to say the least. Though he really wasn't proud of his prejudice, he was proud that he had never touched meth. Jay reached in his good pocket and grabbed the bag of weed. He tossed it over to Dirty. Then Nat yelled out, I'm gonna let you go home, Jay. But if I find out it were you that took from me, wasn't me, Jay yelled back. As Nat Fillmore walked away, Jay began to tell Willie about a dream he had the night before. Man, I had a weird-ass dream last night. Someone kept leaving me voicemails. They were asking me to help them. Then that owl showed up again. He said, you miss me? A bunch of us were getting into canoes, trying to paddle away from the caverns. Next thing I remember was a really freaky scene. 
I was giving mouth to mouth to somebody. I don't know who it were, but I was trying to breathe life back into them. One part of the dream keeps bothering me. I probably shouldn't be telling you this. While I was blowing life into this person, my eyes caught a glimpse of their hands. Their fingernails were even longer than mine. I'm talking good three inches. What freaked me out was they were painted the same color Mom McNugget always wears. Then will he be interrupted? Lime green? Yeah. I hate to tell you, man. It was so weird. Nugget began to talk about his mama. She always wearing them lime green nail polish, man. Jimmy Jim Bob told her it was his favorite. I think she wore it to piss off Pop. He used to tell her, Lord didn't want her wearing no hard makeup. I hate it when he said that. Mama always looked damn good when she wore a little lipstick. Jay agreed. He patted Willoughby on the back and offered some appreciation. Hey, Willoughby, if I was dying, would you try and bring me back? You would, wouldn't you? Dirty laughed at that question. Then Jay said, I'll see you later, big guy. Willie B. fired up his pipe and began his work routine. He checked the paperwork on the most recent delivery from the P-Town nursing home. It was indeed the body of Rose Nicole Valentine. Dirty had known Miss Valentine from his father's church. As a child, Rose had often complimented him on the way his mom addressed him. Dirty always appreciated it. Nugget was used to working on people he had known. It didn't really bother him at all. Although the Valentine family had asked for Skeletor, the funeral home director, to personally tend to Rose, for some reason Dirty was handling her. Skeletor was too busy over at the P-Town Casino with his girlfriend, Dolly Mellons. They were celebrating their eight-month anniversary. She was almost eight months pregnant. Willie B. breathed in deep satisfaction as he disinfected the body. He then began to pose and manipulate Miss Valentine's face. He set the eyes to assure they would not pop open for the open casket funeral. Last year, when Mr. Dix had passed away, Dirty thought it would be funny not to set his eyes or his mouth. It was disturbing. The family are still having nightmares about it. Dirty carefully threaded the needle around the upper and lower jaw to keep the mouth shut on this one, for sure. He bent over and took another hit. Smiling bigger than ever, he then reached for the cotton and began to pack her nasal cavity, her rectum, and her vagina. This is done to prevent leakage but most morticians don't actually smile when they're doing it. I'm going to stop there. Dirty, however, did not stop. He thought of his occupation as a form of art, 
As disturbing as it may seem, he actually loved everything about his job. His daddy, Robin P. Nugget, the preacher at the P-Town Salvation, always used to say, Son, you were put here on this earth to care for the dead. I'll marry them. You bury them. That was their actual business slogan. Dirty slowly finished his job. He pulled his suspenders down and threw on a shirt. Then he went to take a break over at Filthy Pizza. He had worked up a huge appetite. Usually, he would eat some chips when he was working just to stave off the munchies when he was getting high. Skeldor had complained that several customers had noticed crumbs in the coffins. Dirty was trying to do better. He was feeling paranoid about losing his job. When Dirty pulled up to the pizza parlor, he noticed Jay Smoke's bicycle out front. He rolled his eyes and headed inside. Jay was at the register reaching deep into his pockets to pay his bill. He then realized he had holes in his pockets where his wallet should have been. Frantically searching the floor, he realized the wallet was long gone. Hi, dumbass. You looking for this? Dirty was holding in his hands Jay's wallet. It had fallen out when he was wrestling with little Nat outside the funeral parlor. Sit your ass down, Jay. We need to talk. Jay sat down. Dirty yelled out to the waitress, Missy Butts. Hey, sugar, I'll have the usual. Dirty grabbed a seat at his favorite booth and began to talk to Jay. Hey, man, you still been listening to Ped and Meller show? Well, of course, replied Jay. Dirty slowly whispered to Jay. You can't tell nobody what I'm about to tell you right now. If you do, I swear to God, I'll kill you. Startled at the threat, Jay said, Me and you, just like brothers. Dirty looked at him with a pure look of hate. His face turned red. It began to twitch and shake. And for a moment, it seemed like he had taken on the identity of a completely different person altogether. Jay cried. Uh, I didn't mean it like that, Dirty. You know what I mean, Dirty. Right? Yeah, I know what you mean. You just watch out, boy. You know not to bring up Jimmy Jimbob. Remember what happened last time? Alright. Now look. We both know a lot of weird shit's been going on in this town. We got my weird daddy. The cock-sucking sheriff. That perverted cosmetic doctor Jackson. And all these people coming up missing. Not to mention, I've been way too goddamn busy with the game over okay for your parlor lately. Jay replied, Yeah, Dirty, I'm scared, man. Just a while ago, 
Filthy was telling me about Woody McPally. Said he's making plans to build a porn studio. As much as I hate that man, I was all excited. Well, till he told me he's building above them Indian graves. Filthy said we're all gonna suffer for it. Yeah, my daddy ain't too thrilled by that shit either. But you know how him and McPally get along. They ain't nothing but friends that keep their enemies closer. Pops been telling me not to get involved. I told him I was going to contact Ped Miller. He said, the only time I should contact anyone like that is if I'm trying to get him some more church members. Well, I mailed a letter to Ped Miller. I've been ringing their phone off the hook. I know they can help. They got a lot of friends, too. Even that famous Dr. Woolley, I know you know him. That doctor is something else. Mama Nugget loves him, too. I just don't know, Jay. We can't trust nobody in this godforsaken porn town. Those guys, they're, they're connected to a higher power, man. They're our only hope. I tried contacting other people, but they just blew me off, man. I don't know what it is. Shh, shh. Richard Bit Dad's coming. There you go, Dirty. Just like you always like it. Extra sardines and ice cold water. Dirty thanked him and quickly shoved three pieces of pizza in his mouth, struggling to get the words out. About damn time. The waiter said, This might be the last time I ever serve you guys. I will soon be auditioning for our upcoming piece and filming starts not long after they break ground on this new porn studio. They may have already started. That's the rumor anyway. Only job you're gonna get at a porn studio is fluffing cocks. If I were you, I'd stay away from them burial grounds. You should know better, Big Daddy. You seen what Big Eagle does. Them weird fuckers will come after you, man. I'm telling you, that cemetery's haunted. Richard Big Dead looked at the guys and said, What the fuck have I got to lose? See you boys later. I'm heading home. Hey, don't you want your tip? Jay slowly pulled out some weed. Bit Dead replied. Now, I need to have a clear head tonight. I'm rehearsing tomorrow. Thanks anyways, guys. As Dick was walking out, Jay looked nugget in his good eye. Because Willie B got really pissed off when people stared into his lazy eye. You can count on me, Nugget. I always have your back, no matter what, brother. Just like I did when we were kids. When we got them stupid tattoos. Or when you went to prison. Or when we checked into that mental hospital. Just like I did at the skating rink. And just like I did when Jim Bob... Nugget cut him short. All right, that's enough. 
I'll talk about my brother. You know what happens? Then Jay Smoke patted Nugget on his chest and said, Hey, Miller, the motherfucking saviors of poor town Oklahoma. I hope they had the balls to show up. Willie B. Nugget raised his glass of ice water and said, Well, at least Ped does. I heard Miller lost his balls when he got married. The men laughed, said their goodbyes, and headed their separate ways home.